Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Bailey, a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Welcome to episode nine of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad you're here today with me, friends. First, a huge thank you to all of you who joined me for the live workshop on the 22nd. It was so much fun for me, and I hope you got a ton out of it. If you registered, but you couldn't make it live, don't forget to carve out an hour one day, maybe this week on a day that's normally less busy for you to listen in, listen to the recording. And you all know this, but please, please, please email if you have questions. I'm always available and I want to support you. Okay, this is part three about the importance of professional help from coaches and mentors. I thought this was going to be two episodes, but evidently I had more to share in my spirit than I thought. (laughs) So it has become three episodes. My goodness. So clearly you have God-given desires and you're already on the path. You're already on the path of your destiny to change the world. Sometimes Oftentimes, it really doesn't feel like that. We may feel frustrated, conflicted, stuck, overwhelmed, and isolated. And in my experience, and I have a lot of it, when you feel stuck between your desire and your destiny, very often, the missing element is a guide, a guide along the path of that part of your journey. Now, you'll likely have many different guides throughout your life, depending on where you are and what's happening in your life. So for you to be open to seeking help from a guide or receiving it when it comes your way, it's wise to understand what it is so you'll recognize it when you see it. In episode seven, I talked about what coaching is. Now, I use coaching in a very broad sense as a broad term to describe any outside help from an unbiased professional. However, there are several different levels and functions of coaching. So for our purposes here, I'm breaking them down into five. Coaches, mentors, counselors, they focus on you as a person. Then advisors and and consultants focus on your problem. Episode eight was about why you need coaching. There are three reasons I'm going to revisit with you. Number one, they serve different purposes for different seasons of life and business. 
growth in business and life is very cyclical. So you're going to need different people at different seasons to help you get through those more effectively. Number two, they pull you out of the mire of the situation you're in and help you see it from a more useful perspective. You can't necessarily change your circumstance, but you can look at it differently. And oftentimes a coach or mentor can help you see things in a different way. And number three, if you're not where you want to be, then something needs to change. If you didn't need some sort of coaching, you'd already be there, wherever your there is. So if you've not listened to seven or eight, I encourage you to go back to those. But this episode today, this is all about the where. Where can I get coaching? Okay, I finally get what it is. I know there's a lot of different types. I understand now why I need it, but where can I get it? One word, online. That was actually, I said that like two words, but it actually is one word online. (laughs) So visual learning is here to stay, my friends. It has been normalized. It is efficient. It's empowering and it's accessible. It makes it so easy. It really gives people, regardless of where you are, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection, you can pretty much access education, learning, growth, and training. According to Statista, the size of the virtual learning market will double in size from 2019 to 2026. And that's just formal education. That doesn't include all of the courses and learning opportunities outside of the university system that I'm going to talk about today, but double in size in just a matter of seven years. We're actually, we're on the path to that in just four years. A 2021 study produced by Bay Atlantic University in Washington, D.C. showed that students' soft skills increased by 60% because of online learning. 85% of the time, it was critical thinking and problem solving that improved the most. Friends, when you're in an online environment, you don't have the luxury of just going into someone's office and verbal vomiting all of your problems. When you're in an online environment, it forces you to be concise, to think through your thoughts. And very often when you write, you come up with a lot of the solution yourself. And so an online environment has, online learning has really changed. And even though the isolation, some people really just need to be around people, that is a detriment. But the access to learning and training has drastically improved. And it also improves those soft skills that make all the other things that you learn in life, they make them more practical and more useful because you're able to communicate more effectively. In my opinion, if we're talking about online, but let's get more specific. In my opinion, the number one place to find a coach is at a social enterprise conference. Now, in the past, this was a barrier because of the expense of travel. I would never suggest that this was the best thing for everyone because we all have a different range of resources. 
Today, though, with the move to online, especially during the pandemic, there's almost no reason not to attend one or as many of these events as you can. Registration for most of the events is either completely free or almost free. There are all kinds of discounts for early bird discounts. There are student discounts. Now, the professionals and the professors and academics, they pay more than you. But what they pay also subsidizes some of the program costs. And some of them, some of the events even have scholarship opportunities. So the professionals and, you know, the big companies that are there and a lot of the professors, they actually, I guess you could say, donate or give anonymously so that some students and some social entrepreneurs can attend for free versus having to pay. So if you've ever attended an online conference, they've gotten really, really amazingly, really creative. It's not like just a Zoom meeting. I've made higher quality connections with people in online events than I ever would have in a live event. One of the features of the Hopin platform that a lot of the social enterprise organizations use is they have a networking feature that it imitates as if you're standing in line, just waiting for a coffee at a live conference and you strike up a conversation with the person standing behind you in line. I met one of my heroes of social enterprise, Douglas Smith from Uganda this way. Now I'm an introvert, you guys know that. So networking isn't really necessarily easy or fun or super comfortable for me, but I challenge myself sitting here in this space to click the networking button and up pops Douglas Smith's smiling face. And he's the first person I met and it really got me started off on a great track with networking this way. So Douglas's first social, his first, because he's got two, his first social enterprise was making high quality, affordable footballs for soccer balls for my American friends from recycled materials. His company is called Sportis, and I'll link to that in the show notes. He since launched a second social enterprise, bringing affordable healthcare to the masses. And he's quite a hero of social enterprise. And, you know, in a, in a live environment with Douglas had traveled from Uganda to Canada where the conference was held at that year for a live event. I'm not sure. Would I have traveled to Canada? Mm, When I think about what was happening in my life at that time, probably not. But because of this online conference, I made a friend who I greatly admire and, you know, consider a friend for life. Another example is my friend, Stephen from Liberia. He's a young man who is incredibly wise beyond his years. And we connected on LinkedIn because of social enterprise conference. So our communication has moved from LinkedIn to email. So we both can share and learn from each other. And we've never even had a video chat. And I feel a really strong communication to this change maker who's really making a difference for people in his own community. And there's Angela from Myanmar. My gosh, I have so many examples of people, including professionals and professors that I met because of the online conference environment. 
Okay, so in addition to the wonderful people I've met, <laughs> let's get back to some more of the reasons for bringing up the online conference. They have so much training here at these conferences on all different topics. Many of the sessions are recorded so you can attend one and then watch the replay of the other one. And a lot of these would fall into the, I would say, more of the consultant space. So a lot of them, you know, they teach on specific, specific topics that some are more broad, but some are more specific. So in addition to the training that you can get at the conference, many of the speakers offer an opportunity for more in-depth training in their area of expertise. So this kind of goes back to the concept of you are able to get a broad view for free or whatever you pay for for your registration, but then you have the opportunity to maybe hire them if that's something that you really feel a connection with that person and you want to, you feel like they could really make a difference for you and fast track your learning. Now back to finding coaches. So this is where they are. They are seeking you. They are positioning themselves basically in your path for you to find them. So I'm going to break these into two broad categories, professionals and professors. So first professionals, there are people who have so much experience in life and business and are uniquely qualified to help you. Some are more bold and some are more subtle in an online environment, but they are there. And many of them offer training um, either online and some even offer in-person coaching as well. So you might end up finding someone that just happens to be not too far away to do, you know, maybe you could do something over weekend or go meet them in person one time or something like that. I'm not going to elaborate a lot more on professionals because I feel like I've talked about them a lot in the first two episodes of this little series in episode seven and eight. Second is professors. I'm going to spend a little time on this. Okay, guys. So I'm going to talk straight here. It's really easy to think that someone who's in the academic track at a social enterprise conference doesn't have practical experience with social enterprise. You could not be more wrong. You will not hear me say things like this very often, but this is a case where you could not be more wrong. I get it. I had hesitations when I went back to school or before going back to school because I thought, oh my gosh, I've been in business and now I'm going to have these professors who just live, you know, behind their computer, behind these four walls and not have any real world experience. Boy, was I wrong. (laughs) Sure, there are professors out there on this planet who are just writing out their tenure. I'm not going to deny that. But if there is a professor at a conference, whether it's in person or online, you can bet they want to be there. Their classes and their papers to grade and their research projects, they don't just stop. So they're going to still have to keep everything going in the classroom and in the lab while attending a multi-day event. 
So what makes professors of social enterprise unique, I think, or can kind of be boiled down into three things. Number one, they have a broad view of social enterprise over a long time period. So they don't just see one social enterprise. They see a lot of social enterprises all over the world, and they've seen the evolution of them. One of the things that's challenging about studying social enterprise is collecting long-term data, partly because some don't make it, just like any other business, some social enterprises don't make it, but also because of the dangers of data collection. Many social enterprises operate in post-conflict or very sadly current conflict nations. So while formal data collection is difficult, it doesn't mean no one's seeing what's happening. Those professors are who are mentoring, advising, and consulting with social entrepreneurs are seeing what's happening. And those professors' colleagues who are also working with social entrepreneurs, maybe on another side of the world, are also seeing what's happening. And as you well know, social enterprise, it doesn't happen in black and white. It happens in the shades of gray. Now, the black and white is what gets published, but the gray, well, you've got to ask for that. And professors have the answers. Number two, they think differently. An interesting statistic, only 4% of the world's population has a PhD. They are unique people and they have a perseverance and a way of looking at problems that others don't. You pretty much have to, to make it through the program much less continue on in higher education and business with the expectation that others have that you can fix it. Now, something funny from my family, my dad told me, he calls me girl child every now and then. And he said, girl child, the longer you stay in school, the stupider you get. (laughs) Yes, he did. So what happens is when you stay in school for a long time, you get very myopic and you have to stay really focused. And so sometimes professors can come off as aloof or kind of out of it, but it really is because they're so focused on this one area, this one project, getting this one thing done, that nothing else, it's not that it doesn't matter, it's just not more important than what they're focused on at the time. And you have to have a perseverance, an uncommon perseverance that other people don't. And that does require focus. And so, yes, they can seem a little different, as my dad pointed out to me, (laughs) but they are different and they think differently and they can make things happen because of how they think and how they persevere through the challenges. Number three. They are well-connected with people and resources. My gosh, this phase of my life that I'm living now was basically catapulted into being because of one professor at a conference that I met, Dr. Jim King. He introduced me to so many other people, including Dr. Jeff Sherlock, who also shares my love for Myanmar, and Dr. Mitch, who allowed me to publish my research in the Business's Mission Repository. It's basically an online library on studies of social enterprise of certain types. And the resources that they have, 
if someone is teaching at a university, they have incredible resources from really sophisticated statistical software to databases. I mean, it's unbelievable. The software that I had access to when through my university was so sophisticated that it was shocking the analysis that I could do on the social enterprise I studied. And so if you're at an online event and or even at a live event, once we get back to those, scroll through and look for the PhDs and DBAs that you see and introduce yourself. Ask them their area of expertise. Ask them what they're doing and if there's any research that maybe you can be a part of. And you can guarantee that you are going to come out of that experience with them, either with a friend or an ally or someone who can really shift your perspective and give you access to things that you would never find otherwise. Okay, so this episode is airing just at the beginning of the online conference season. So it's a perfect time to give you a list of events to check into. First, the Open Network holds a live conference in late March in Detroit, Michigan, in the U.S. They have an amazing coaching program. So message me if you're interested and I can connect you with the team there. And they also have other regional events throughout the year. So that's something to consider. Next, the Skull World Forum is coming up very soon, April 8th through the 10th. This is normally held in Oxford in England, and they were planning to do a hybrid event this year, but they ended up keeping it all online. And the Social Enterprise World Forum is online and in Brisbane. They're doing a hybrid at this point. So online and in person, September 26th through the 28th. And the BAM conference is scheduled for online and in Chicago on October 8th and 9th. So I've linked to all of these in the show notes. And most of them have their conferences around the same time every year. So even if you're listening to this in a different year than when it was recorded, just click on the links at the bottom of the show notes and most likely they're going to have their nearest events upcoming. So another thing, at these conferences, not only do people get to learn from the training sessions, But just as important, it's a really great place to make connection for future coaches, mentors, advisors, and consultants. There are also social enterprise support organizations that are at these events. So you have the social enterprise organization as a whole, but then you also have support organizations as well. So as one example, there are a lot of you out there doing it alone. And there's an organization called Tent Makers, which connects solo social entrepreneurs with potential teammates. Another organization that comes to mind is called AIM. They have operating bases around the world and do training at each base. So depending on the needs in that area, each base may have, let's say, a business coach, counselor, and they have access to local consultants and advisors for tax law and, you know, other business issues that you might run into. A second great way to find a coach is a referral. Ask me, ask somebody, but I can tell you that I know a ton of them and I know lots in different areas and I am 
very happy to connect you. So please just send me either a message on LinkedIn or send me an email. That's all for today, my friends. So I hope that that, this little mini series, I hope I've cleared up some of the mysteries of what coaching is, why you need it, and where to find it. I encourage you to embrace the guides who light the path between your desire and your destiny. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabaileyphd.com or on social at trishabaileyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.